affected by this church. This church helped reach him. Not only through the ministry of mom and dad, he was called to preach under the ministry of Brother Kenneth Phillips. And this church, in turn, has a man that's been affected by a man from this church. I thank God for this church. I thank God for the outreach of this church. Brother Stone King, we want you to know you've got an unfettered pulpit. We don't care what you preach. We don't care what you say. If it's wrong, Dad and I will straighten it out when you're gone. We want to get behind him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Ladies and gentlemen from Schenectady, New York, a man of God that we love to learn already, Brother Lee Stone King. Let's welcome him. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. I feel the wonderful touch of the Lord in this place tonight. Hallelujah. In conjunction with what I taught you this morning, I want to preach something else tonight. If you will turn in your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, I want you to read along with me verses 15 through 20, which would, of course, be the end of the chapter. There are many things I could preach to you, but I feel to do this. The Bible says in Mark 16, beginning at verse 15, let us read together. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Say with them again. With them. And confirming the word with signs following Amen. I don't know how you feel about it, but this is how I feel about it. I am not a servant of the Lord. I am a son of God. And there is a difference. I do not work for him, but rather I work with him. And he works with me. The Bible says, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. I want to preach to you tonight by the help of the Lord a message simply entitled Make It Happen. Can you say that? Now, we're going to give the Lord a hand clap together before I let you become seated. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Halleluja, Jesus. Halleluja, Jesus. And while I am here, and while I am here this week, and it is my privilege to be here with you, we're going to do a lot of clapping. And the reason we're going to do it is because before I was saved, I was a dancer in the theater. I have seen some of the greatest performances that human eyes could ever behold in this world through operas, dramas, ballets, etc. And I have clapped and I have seen many, many performers take bow after bow after bow at curtain calls. But there was one single event that was the greatest performance in all of the world, in all of history. A God who loved us so much, he died an ignominious death on a rugged cross for the likes of you and me. And nobody was there to applaud. Nobody. But we're going to until we see him in the clouds of glory. Would you give him a standing ovation with all of your heart? tonight hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus in Jesus name the Lord bless you you may be seated thank you for standing so long Judaism is extremely interesting to me and when I have spare time when I don't have much of it I spend some of that time reading about Judaism and about the things that they believe and the things that they do and I also work with the parallel from their natural standpoint along the spiritual parallel of the church of the Lord in the earth tonight. I can tell you that in Israel Bible study is the number one pastime. The Bible is taught in the schools in the prisons, they do not play checkers, etc., but they spend their time studying the Bible and having Bible quizzes. Some of the greatest Bible scholars in our day, Old Testament and New Testament, are Jews in the land of Israel. You and I know that we are the generation alive that has lived to see the restoration of the nation of Israel. We are the generation alive after 1,900 years that has lived to see the remnant of the house of Israel return to the homeland. I can tell you tonight that no Arab will ever drive them out. No Egyptian, no Russian will ever drive them out. They are there to stay based upon the word of the Lord. The Holy Writ of God says, I will plant them and nobody will root them out. 
But when they came back, beginning at the turn of our century, they met with great difficulties. There was one particular man whose name was Buber. Buber is considered by the theologians of present-day Israel to have been a prophet, a modern-day prophet that has spoken and that has written to the people of Israel in this particular era. I have many of his writings, they're very interesting. But Buber had some things to say that have interested me. For example, he said, we know that the Holy Writ of God is true. We know that the promises of God will come to pass. We know that what God has said will of an assurity be fulfilled. But Buber looked at the astronomical task of making a nation out of a desert where only jackals howled and scorpions crawled. He looked at the astronomical task of putting together a people who had come from every nation under heaven that spoke various languages from various cultures that looked like the citizens of the countries wherein they were born. He looked at the Jews, a melting pot of people and cultures, and said, how will we ever make of one people this conglomeration or this conglomerate? He said, how will we ever pull this together? He said, we know that the scriptures are true. We know that the prophecies are true. And we know that the desert will blossom as a rose. And they got together and they studied and they prayed and they quoted the scriptures and they chanted their prayers before the Lord. But as they looked at the astronomical task of seeing what had to be done in light of what the scriptures promised would happen, it seemed an overwhelming task and he felt like that the spirit of God moved so slowly. In fact, he wrote and said, we believe, we know, but he said the spirit of God moves so slow. Ever felt like that? I had a man walk up to me about oh, two or three years ago and he said, Brother Stone King, I have enjoyed all that you've had to say. I have enjoyed all that I have heard preachers say. He said, I have heard so many prophecies and so many interpretations until he said, it's running out my ears. He said, I don't want to hear any more prophecies and I don't want to hear any more interpretations. He said, I want to see some action. Now you may think he's being sacrilegious. I don't. I understand exactly what he's saying. I know exactly what he's saying. I've heard some of the most glorious things from God. I have heard some of the most marvelous things spoken through the gifts of the Spirit until my heart has taken wing and it has soared away to the mountain tops of glory and I have shouted and run and danced and fallen over. And so have you. But where is it? Yeah, where is it? 
We know this is going to come to pass. We know that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than that of the former. We know that the latter rain is going to be greater than that of the former. We know the book of Acts is nothing compared to what's going to happen in the end result. We understand and know that. We know that tonight. Because the scriptures are true. True. It's going to happen. Just like the Bible said. It's going to happen. Now let's clap again. And Boober said, we know it's going to happen, but the Spirit moves so slowly. He said, we'll make it happen. He said, we know the desert's going to blossom as a rose. He said, we'll take pics. And we'll take shovels, and we'll take buckets, and we'll take the youth of our generation and our nation, and we will dig trenches to those deserts, and we'll plant the roses, and we'll make this thing come to pass. He said, we'll make it happen. We'll do the things that make the scriptures come to pass. We'll put some action into this thing. And we'll make this thing happen. And those Jews took their picks and they took their shovels and they took their youth. And they took their energy and they took their buckets. And they tapped water supplies and they irrigated. And they turned those deserts into a garden of Eden and today the deserts in Israel blossom as a rose because the Jews said we believe the holy writ of God we believe that the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob is alive and well and we will make it happen with our own hands we will force this thing to come to pass And those Jews swear. Now there are no curse words in the Hebrew language. They borrow the curse words from the Arabs. And they pick and they shovel and they curse and swear. Now that's how it is. The Arabs laughed at the Jews because they went into the swamps were malaria infested and those Jews drained those swamps it cost them thousands of lives and the Arabs laughed at them and called them the children of death but the Arabs did not understand that inside those Jewish hearts there was a remnant of a presence of fire and a flickering flame and a voice from Sinai and a thunder and a smoke that said it's gonna happen Oh, yeah. And they drained those swamps and they turned them into plantations. And I have thought about this and I have thought about this and I have thought some more about it. And I've thought, God, if those Jews in the natural can take the scriptures and if they can believe it 
with their intellect and with their hands take shovels and picks and if they can go out and make those scriptures come to pass what then ought we to do as the spiritual people of God who have been baptized in Jesus name who have been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues who understand and know that he is the great I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end that he is the one that was to come from ancient days that Jesus is the child born he is the son given the everlasting father the prince of peace and of his kingdom there shall never be an end and it has haunted me and I have fussed with this and I have watched you and I've watched me and I've watched you and I've said God I know these things are supposed to happen I know these signs are supposed to follow them that believe doesn't mean you're supposed to go off and be some great faith healer and hoard lots of money to yourself and fame and fortune. I'm not talking about that. You better get the Holy Ghost if you never get healed. You better get baptized in Jesus' name if you never get healed. Because I want to tell you, you can be healed and go to hell. But if you got the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues, if you've been to the water in Jesus' name, you're going to go where the trumpet of God sounds. Yes, you are. And nobody can stop it. Nobody can stop it. Hallelujah. And so I don't major in some of those areas. I work with the Holy Ghost and salvation. But I know that these signs are supposed to follow. And I'm content if they follow. But they got to follow. And I've thought about this. And I've thought about it. I said, God, if those Jews can do it, I can do it. We can do this. I'll make this thing happen. I'll do the things that force God's hand. I'll do the things that make him move. Because he cannot refrain himself from us. Jesus said if you'll do such and such, I'll do the so and so. You know why he's not doing the so and so? Because we're not doing the such and such. That's why. That's exactly why it's not happening. Because we're not doing it, Sister Mangan. We're not doing it, Brother Mangan. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Oh, yes, we are. We're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know where I got involved in all of this? Let me tell you how I got involved in all this. I was not raised in this. My daddy was an alcoholic. I have no heritage except what I got when I got the Holy Ghost. And that's all the heritage you need. You don't need anything else. I used to look at the Mangan's family picture and look at Anthony when he was a little boy. I have a family picture of them at home. I used to wish I had been raised in a home like Anthony was raised in. Because my daddy was an alcoholic. I used to wish it. I used to put my fingers on every tape I could get of the Mangan's and listen. I used to listen to their albums hours. I used to do it. I tell you, when I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I prayed a couple months for it. Finally got it one night. That's a whole story. I may tell it sometime to you. But anyhow, <clears throat> I got the Holy Ghost on a Sunday night. 
I was so excited about it that on Monday I called in at work. I said, I'm not coming to work today. They said, are you sick? I said, no. They said, have you hurt yourself? I said, no. And they said, well, what's wrong? I said, I don't think you'd understand. But I'm not coming to work today. I'll be there tomorrow. You know why I didn't go to work? I declared a national holiday for myself because I had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Speaking with tongues. And I stayed home all day long. And I spoke with tongues off and on all day long. Sat in my corner recliner, played my records, and loved God for one whole day. Yeah, that's what I did. A national holiday. It comes around every October 6th is my holiday. And I do my thing for Jesus on that day, no matter what anybody else does. It's a holiday for me. But I called my landlord the next day, after I got this experience with the Holy Ghost. And I said to her, I said, Ethel, Fred was off at work, I said, Ethel, I have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this thing I've been talking to you about. Well, she was sick in bed, sick as she could be. She couldn't have cared less about the Holy Ghost or anything else. She said, I am so sick. I said, you are? She said, yes. I said, let me come over. <laughs> I went over. I walked in. I said, listen. I said, this little church where I'm going, they say, they say that if we lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, that you can be healed. I want to tell you something, folks. When they get sick enough, they don't care what you look like, how you act, what you say, or what you do. They just want to be healed. That's all. They want to get rid of the pain. When they're well, they may stick their nose in the air. But when they're sick, they're glad to see us. Because we got the goods. <laughs> yeah, we do. I said, Ethel, have you got any oil? She said, there's some Mazzola oil in the kitchen. <laughs> he didn't say what kind of oil, you know. He just said oil. You could use Quaker State, Penn State, I don't think he'd care. But there's one thing you've got to do with the oil. It's got to be in the name of Jesus Christ. That's where it is. That's where it is. I've never known anybody with oil before. I was nervous. Just got the Holy Ghost last night. I went in the kitchen. I took the bottle, a great big old bottle of that stuff. I took the lid off that thing and I poured all... I, and you talk about being anointed to do the job. I was anointed to do the job. I spilled it. I had it all over my hands. I walked back there. You t <laughs> I put my hands on her head. She was anointed all right. She was anointed. There was all everywhere. I prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. And spoke in this new language that I had just received. I want to tell you something. When I took my hands off her head, she said, I've been better. She said to me, she said, Lee, I don't know what it is. You've got to hold it, boy. But she says, it works. She said, the thing is gone. She said, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to know tonight that 
something is supposed to happen when we pray in Jesus name it's supposed to be gone it's supposed to be gone it's supposed to be gone it is supposed to be gone something is supposed to happen when we pray in his name that's where I got a hold of it I went off to Bible school they pumped me full of this stuff morning noon and night they pumped me full of it told me all kinds of things from the book of Acts and I believed it because I wasn't raised in this it was a whole new world for me and I felt like I had the right to practice anything that was in there but when I got out of there and began to do it they weren't too sure about me you know what I told them I said look you're the ones that are responsible for the way I act you taught this to me you preached this to me you read this to me you made me do the homework and I have believed it yeah, but they don't want us to do it, but I'm going to do it anyhow. We're going to have it. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Jesus! I remember in Bible school, I taught personal evangelism classes there. Some tremendous things happened. Some of those students called me aside and they wanted to talk to me. And they said, Brother Stone King, we want to tell you something. The whole school's talking about you. You're going overboard. You're becoming a fanatic. And so I listened. And when they got done. Yeah. I said, I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate your concern. I have one thing to say. It's going to get worse. <laughs> and it has. Something's fixing to happen here tonight. We better clap again for the Lord. said if you will pray I will answer he said if you lay hands on the sick they shall without doubt recover you know what's wrong with us I'll tell you what's wrong with us we've got this thing on a mysterious ethereal gossamer level we are looking for God to do something to suddenly qualify us to be used by God. 
We're looking for some miraculous, marvelous change to take place in us as people. We're trying to get every little thing in our lives worked out until we think we are perfect and holy and worthy. Let me tell you how it really is. You'll never be worthy. Never. 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 And just about the time you're all ready to qualify and you're ready to go out and do something for God, you fail in some little thing and you fall clear to the bottom of your ladder and you start all over again and nothing gets done for God. Let me tell you, you will never be worthy to be used by God. None of us will. None of us are perfect. But we're going to be. We're going to be. I've given up trying to qualify. I just am fool enough to believe it. He said it, and I'm going to repeat it. He told it, and I'm going to tell it. He said it would happen, and I believe it. Somebody walked up to me and said, Well, Brother Stoking, why wasn't I healed? You know what I said? I don't know why you were not healed. It's not my fault. I didn't write the book. He did. You talk to him, not me. I'm just telling you what he said. It's not my fault if you're not healed. I can't help it. I didn't write it. I'm just quoting it. I am an ambassador. I'm just telling you what he said. And these signs will follow them to believe. I have no reputation but what he gave me. You can take it like that. So I have nothing to lose. Everything to gain. We are so afraid of our reputations. We are so afraid that we're going to fail. That we're going to look bad. It's not going to work. We don't want to be embarrassed. Especially among our peers. But I tell you tonight. His reputation has become mine. And he can do with me what he wants to do with me. You'll never be worthy. Go ahead and do it. Don't wait to be drafted. Enlist. Sitting around looking for handwriting on the wall. Dreams and visions and signs and wonders and prophecies. Forget it. Why don't you do what you're supposed to do? Why don't you say, look, it says this. I'm going to try it. God sent me a candidate today. On the job, when somebody walks by you, you say, where you going? I'm going, I'm sick. Why don't, they're going to take something anyhow. Why don't you say, come with me. <laughs> I've got something that'll work. Take them in the restroom, behind the furnace, behind the caterpillar. I don't care where you take them. And if they're really sick, they won't care what you do. That's it. A woman came to our house one day and said, I've got a splitting headache. Have you got any aspirin? I said, no, we don't take them here. We don't take them. I don't take any of that stuff. You don't need it. I'm not against doctors. I'm just saying it's a divine, wonderful privilege to be healed by the hand of the Lord. And by His stripes we are healed. I set her down in the chair. <laughs> she had a splitting headache. Had all day. Sat on this chair. <clears throat> I took a hold of her head. 
I began to pray. And I shook her. You know how we do. <laughs> now, I don't really know if that shaking is really God. I don't know if that's really the power of God. But I feel more powerful when I do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can really feel powerful when I do this stuff. And it looks good too, you know. It makes everything look good. <laughs> I don't know if that's really God. <clears throat> I think maybe it is a little of it, but I don't know all about it. I just know it's supposed to work. I prayed in Jesus' name. <laughs> she opened her eyes. She, I said, is it gone? She said, nope. I said, I'll do it again. See? Doesn't work the first time, do it again. It's supposed to work. This is supposed to work, folks. I really shook her up this time. The hair fell down the whole business. But when she came out of it, she said, Brother Stokey, it's gone. It's supposed to be gone. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is supposed to be gone. It's supposed to be. I was preaching a revival like this, a short revival, and I preached like this two or three nights, and the next night I came to church, you know, if we could only begin the way we end, it would be something. And here they were at the same zero place, starting line again, after three nights. I said, look, it is obvious you have not believed what I have preached, because if you have believed it, these, this place would be packed tonight, and there'd be all kinds of reports of miracles and everything else. You've shouted about it, you have got behind me, you've amen me, but we're still the same 7-Eleven here tonight. I, I said, I'm going to do it one more time, I'm going to give you one more chance. <laughs> and that's the way I do things, and that's how I did it there, and I went through it. One of those sisters believed it. The next day, there was a cop on a motorcycle that had a wreck in front of her house. She heard the crash. She ran to the picture window, looked out. There he was. The, the, uh, the bike was all mangled and there he was in a heap on the, on the cement. And people gathering around. She took her apron off, threw open the door, she ran out into the, into the uh, street. And you have to know this woman to know what I'm talking about because she's really something in action. She got down on her knees. She pushed her way through all those people and she began to rebuke everything she could think of. And she laid hands on him and prayed for him to be healed in the name of Jesus. And she spoke with tongues and shook to make it be more powerful, I suppose, or to look good or whatever. But there she was. <laughs> The ambulance came, took him off to the hospital. They couldn't find a scratch. They couldn't find a broken bone. There was no hole where the blood came out. There was anything. That policeman looked her up. He said, ma'am, I don't know what it is you have a hold of. This happened in Long Island. No, no, Staten Island, New York. He said, woman, I don't know what, what church you go to, but I'm coming to that church to see what it is that you people have a hold of. I'm telling you people, we can make this thing happen. We can make it happen. We can make it happen, and it has to happen. If we'll do the such and such, he'll do the so and so. The next night I stopped in the service. I said, now you know each other better than I do. The Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Not preachers only, but them that believe. That's you. That's you. The reason you're bored and tired and complacent with all of this is because you have no outlet for it. I'm telling you, the whole world is an outlet for what you know. I said, I want you to feel after the Spirit of God and be led by the Spirit of God and go to someone if you feel directed to them and pray for them. There was one man in that congregation, I didn't know anything about this. 
He had a heart condition, a serious one. When I made this announcement, he said, God, he whispered in his heart, he said, God, if you're going to heal me, you can send somebody to me to pray for me. And then I'll know. <clears throat> People begin to raise their hands and worship God, cry. While he had his hands in the air, somebody came to him and laid hands upon his chest and instantaneously he was healed by the presence of the Lord. That man fell out of that seat. God moved in his heart and in his soul. There was a man in Houston. They have a deaf ministry there, Brother Kilgore's church. This man had come two or three times one night in the altar service. I don't always know why I do what I do. I just do what I feel to do. I find out later, but when I feel what I know to feel, I just go. And I just was over here and I felt something turn me this way and I just went toward this man. And he was deaf. <clears throat> and he had been able to speak as a child. He remembered how to speak, but he could not hear now. And I walked up to him and I just simply very quickly stuck my fingers in his ears. And I said, be thou opened in Jesus name. And someone pulled me away to pray with someone else that needed the Holy Ghost. And I went my way. After a while I came back. This man was bent over like this. Going back and forth like this. And I felt the Holy Ghost. I went to him and I raised him up. And I opened his eyes so he could see my lips. I said, what happened? He looked at me. He spoke in a strange voice. But he said, Brother Stone King. He said, I don't know what happened. He said, but my ears have snapped open. He said, I am able to hear. He said, I don't know whether to laugh. I don't know whether to cry. I don't know whether to shout. He said, I don't know what to do. He said, but I can hear. I said, why don't you lift your hands and receive the Holy Ghost? He did, and God filled him with the baptism. 